Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. And I can't get it out of my head. Cause I won't use discretion when I'm talking about obsession. Cause this is what makes me me. And I'm glad that I called ya. I'm talking about nostalgia. And this is where I wanna be. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to another episode of the Gimme Podcast. I am your host and resident horse girl, Kathleen Demarl. I think I'm getting tired of calling myself a resident horse girl, but we're gonna we're gonna chug along and, and keep doing it. Um, I'm very excited to have on this week's guest. Shockingly, we went to high school together, uh, but she has also recently <laughs> um, taken part in the NBC late night writers workshop. She's very funny. We have on uh, Kate Sisk this week. Hi, Kate. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you doing in uh, the pandemic? Uh, I feel very, I feel very lucky right now. Uh, Yeah. So I have, I have a roof over my head and I have good food and I'm with my partner. So, and a little doggy. I oh. forget about him because he's new. <laughs> did you adopt a dog during this? We did. It wasn't. It wasn't because of quarantine. It was on our like five year plan, um, and it was actually very hard to get one because everybody was yes. getting dogs. <laughs> it's like everybody and their mom's like, "I got a dog. I got a dog," and I'm like, yeah. "There are no dogs to even foster right now." <laughs> I know it was crazy. In a way, I guess it's a good thing. Um, but so we we did end up with with our little our little pup and he's getting bigger every day nice yeah and it sounds to me like at least part of your quarantine you got to spend doing the writer's workshop right so that's great yeah very cool you know nice to be doing comedy inside the house yeah I've I've only ventured out a a couple times out into the world to tell jokes so definitely definitely rusty when it comes to talking to people which is great for a podcast (laughs) hey that's how everybody feels currently I recorded an episode the other day and the comedian was like it's just nice to talk to other comedians not that I don't like talking to my wife but I just need to talk to comics and he was like I hope she didn't hear me I hope she didn't hear this thing I'm preserving uh, forever in sound. <laughs> Online forever and ever and handing over to somebody else, you know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's true. Um, it's like, I'm like, oh, I used to see maybe, maybe 60 people I knew in a day. Yeah. And now I'm like, I see, I see one and I love her very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you go to like mics or shows and you see a lot of people and then now you're like, oh, I just talked to the same five people who are willing to talk to me every day over weird messaging apps. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've, I've turned to te- like texting or messaging so much. It's almost like I have a different personality for each of them. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, there's me on Facebook Messenger and then there's me in the group me. <laughs> yeah. There's me and, you know, the texts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I brought you on this podcast to talk about obsessions, mostly childhood obsessions. And I think when I originally messaged you, you're like, well, the obvious one is soccer. Yes, that is right? the obvious one given my life history. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I wanted to know, first off, 
Like, is soccer a family thing? Because your brother plays soccer too, right? Yeah, it's a big family thing. Um, my Both my parents played in college. Um, my dad won a national championship um, his senior year at Babson. He scored the winning goal in sudden death overtime. So he, he's like, Ooh. he's got a big championship ring and the whole thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and my mom uh, played, at, played at Harvard, got like awards there, um, and then um, is like a career coach for you okay um, yeah like she, yeah she coached my teams uh growing up which was awesome she's like very good yeah <laughs> um but then she also like she coached at our high school for I think 16 years yeah I was gonna say I knew she coached at LS so yeah, yeah. and then she took some time off uh because she wanted to like be able to see us play in college um and then uh at the school where she teaches uh uh Newton North she coached there for a few years okay so was soccer more of like, this is something you're going to do? <laughs> or was it like your choice to be able to play? I think, I think my brother and I got so lucky because it was something that was offered to us and then that we just loved. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there were some things if we had wanted to do, they would have said no not because it wasn't soccer, but for other reasons. Like my brother really wanted to do try football and my mom was just like, absolutely not. <laughs> You're gonna get your skull cracked. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I he like tried wrestling and he did that for like a couple years. So okay. like, I did ballet when I was younger. Like we got to try things. I feel very lucky that we yeah. you know, had so many, like, like I did a theater program, obviously. Um, wait, what, what, when did you do a theater program? When I was like really young. Oh, okay. Okay. Like elementary school. There was one in like a couple towns over in Concord. Oh my God. Was it the Concord Youth Theater? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did that too. Fun, right? <laughs> Wait, did we meet each other there? We might have. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I always like have a humble brag of being like, I was in the theater program that Chris Evans's mom ran. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. Really? I had like, his, his sister was was do we have that class together this is so funny we're like uh can you remember these details from like 13 years ago <laughs> well his sister taught at ls she yeah. taught english yeah and i took i took um public speaking with her and some other like film class with with her i don't think i ever had her as a teacher but i had one of uh i had judy plot who had also taught chris and carly well before they became famous and she was always like the Evans family is such a lovely family and I was like oh this is my like closest connection to yeah there's another famous uh comic from from our town Paula Poundstone went yeah and dropped out yeah she dropped out but she is very funny and um for like a brief period of time. I don't know if you know Kelly McFarland. Yeah. So when I took a stand-up comedy class with Kelly and she was like, oh, Kath cool. she was like, Kathleen, you're starting to sound like Paula Poundstone. And I was like, I was like, what I don't, I don't want to do, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> it's, it's true. When I think when you do you listen to Paula Poundstone a lot. I hadn't, um, but I used to listen to her on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yeah. A yeah. lot. Yeah. 
Um, and then I had seen some of her older like um, videos during that time in television when all of a sudden there was like a thousand channels and nobody knew what any of them were. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I found this like comedy channel and and started watching it and I saw some of her like early stuff on there. Yeah. But I think yeah. it's so interesting when you like it's one thing to watch someone and start sounding like them comedy wise. It's another thing when someone like says like, oh my gosh, you sound just like so and so and you're like, never heard of them. I've never heard of them. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, so you did some theater and then but it sounds like you were from like the get-go you were into soccer pretty early right like elementary school yeah 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 started um must have been five probably um you know had shin pads that you know go over your knee because your chin is too tiny for sports equipment (laughs) yes uh and in the old days you really they had the ankle pads and the strap that went under your foot and yes they were awful um luckily I kept playing long enough that they turned into little tiny tiny uh shin guards or panty shields as my mom would call them what she's like those things are tiny they're not gonna protect you at all she'd point to like Ronaldo or whatever she's like look at his tiny little shin pads they're like freaking panty shields (laughs) that's not how she talks I don't know why I'm doing (laughs) that's so funny Okay, so did you have, because I feel like we kind of grew up in the same era where like there were a couple really big, like outside of soccer, if you didn't play, you knew who, at least I was familiar with like Mia Hamm and like David Beckham. Were you like obsessed with any of those like uh, kind of famous players growing up or? I was. I I really, really admired uh, Mia Hamm. I, um... Somebody gave me a very nice gift. A friend of the family gave me a, a little mini ball that she had signed. That was like a really nice gift. And I kept that by my bed. Um, and there's this quote that's like often attributed to Anson Dorrance, the like uh, UNC coach. That's like the vision of a champion is someone like alone after practice, bent over, drenched in sweat. Basically, I'm butchering the quote. Um, but it's like someone who's putting in the effort when like nobody's watching. And I think I think maybe Mia Hamm had said it first. Anyway, oh, oh. <laughs> it, I'm unclear on that, but but that quote I I liked, and I I followed her kind of career. I watched the docs that came out about like the 1999. Uh, is that right? Yeah, uh, women's team. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really liked Christine Lilly. Okay. Christine Lilly was a national team player who played for the now non-existent. I think <laughs> it's. Boston Breakers. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, Har- at Harvard, the like Coliseum there, they, they would have their games there. I had um, had a joint birthday party there with with another um, uh, girl in my class. We we got tickets to the game and did and, and I got Christina Lee's autograph after the game. That's cool. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, very cool. So you played competitively in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And were you on a team outside of, like, were you on a tournament team too outside of LS or? Yeah, I was, um, so the high school era, I was playing pretty much on three teams. Oh, wow. Playing, okay. Um, high school in the fall, which had pretty strict rules um, that you weren't allowed to miss high school soccer practice or games for like anything that wasn't high school yeah I think it was an effort to keep um 
kids from getting too professionalized to oh. into sports. I think that's was the thinking that's like these are these kids are athletes. Sorry, not <laughs> students, <laughs> athletes, students first. Um, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I like that voice. You're kind of going in with like a I felt like you were going in with a ref voice there for a second. <laughs> Yellow card. Um, but so when I wasn't actively playing for my high school team, I was playing with my club team, yeah. which was um, the Stars Stars of Mass. Um, Ooh, fancy. Sounds yeah, so fancy. It, I, I felt very lucky to play with that team. Most of my teammates from that team went Division One for college, mm-hmm. and um, we did get to travel. I feel lucky. I feel like I've seen a lot of the United States. Because um, of soccer? Because of soccer, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was a, a really great experience, um, and you know, that's, that's basically how I got recruited for college. And at the same time, I was playing for like the Massachusetts state team. Oh, okay. Which is, was not as fun as the others. (laughs) Why? Was it just like more grueling or like you didn't get along Um, with the people as well? So focused on like, um, finding the best players. It was basically like a a very heavy development tool to eventually feed to a regional team or an or a national team level yeah um like some people i played with are playing for the national team now oh um, wow like in massachusetts sam mewis mm-hmm. was playing i was playing with her um for massachusetts and she's now on the national team she's a fucking world cup champion wow which is awesome. that's and then awesome at the regional level is playing with um like crystal dunn who same thing but world cup world cup champion for team usa now, on all of these teams, do you have any, like, whole, like really bad tournament experiences? <laughs> Good question. I mean, besides losing, <laughs> losing sucks. Well, yeah, but, like, <laughs> do you have, like, one game yeah. where you're... Yeah. In a game or, like, out in, ge- in general. Okay, good question. Um, in general... We went to we went to the Vegas showcase, which is a really big college recruiting showcase. Um, I have been to Vegas three times, all under the age of eighteen. Oh <laughs> man! Why are they having like high school showcases? I'm I don't know. Is it so the parents can get trashed? Like I don't Maybe. understand. Uh, they had they had beautiful facilities, um, but but like then you go home to your casino hotel <laughs> and try to go to bed at like 9.30 p.m. so you can wake up for your 7 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> oh my God. And the chaperones are just like, we're going to play blackjack, bye. <laughs> yeah. So, so the crazy thing was we did the whole tournament um, and uh, then it was time to go home. And uh, it was like a midnight flight. Oh like, God. I don't think they do this thing. Flight time, 12 dosh. 12 dots, zero, zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my parents weren't there. I was with someone, like another um, teammate's parent. And there was confusion because my flight wasn't until like midnight the next day. Oh, but their tickets no. were correct. And so they like left and I was like, what am I going to do? I'm stuck in Vegas. <laughs> and I can't go anywhere because I'm not 18. Oh my God panicking panicking in the airport and then by like luck of the draw another teammate 
um, was staying like an extra day. So I, I, I stayed in their hotel with, with her mom and, um, wait, so let me, let me get this right. <laughs> you thought you had the same ticket time as this family you were traveling with. Yeah. And then you realized it was for like 24 hours later yeah. while you were at the airport. Yeah. Oh my God. And then they were just like, bye, best of luck. <laughs> they were like, they made sure that I had somewhere to go before they left, but there was a good, like at least an hour there where I was just like, I'm going to sleep on the floor of the casino. <laughs> well, at that age, you're what, like 16 or 17? Yeah, this, I guess I went when I was 15, 16, and 17. I think I was 15 for this So, like, one. you're, like, hormonal and emotional, and you're just yeah. like, I don't know how to make life choices. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, the, the next day, I, like, lied and said I was 11, and they put me on, like, a morning flight so that I didn't have to wait until midnight. Oh, my God. Excuse me, sir. I'm 11, and I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, why is there an 11-year-old in Vegas alone? And he ended up, like, writing an email to my parents being like, I was amazed at how well-behaved your 11-year-old child is. <laughs> and your parents are like, no. She's 16. 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. So that was a big nightmare. That's my, other, my other nightmare is I, t- I tore my ACL in high school. Which, Wait, which year was that? My senior year, so you must have not been there. Oh, that was, like, right after I graduated, probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a bummer, but I recovered in time for to play uh, college, which was good. Yeah. So had you already been recruited for college at the point that you tore your ACL, or? Yeah. So recruited is kind of like a soft term because I, I went I went to Amherst, which is Division three. Okay. So there's like no um, there's no money like athletic money involved. Um, there's no like official like you sign the thing that's sure. in it to come. And they can't, like, give you their guarantee. So Ah. if they, like, recruit you from tournaments and they like you and you go for your, like, um, you go for, like, your visit, you tour the campus, you meet the team, you watch them play. Yeah. um, They, like, see your, like, official high school transcript and your SAT scores and whatever. um, Things that literally do not matter now. Oh, 100% agree. Oh, to you, to you. Okay. Like people are still recruited that way, but, but things that like (laughs) don't matter to me anymore. Um, but at one point in my life, the SAT was like the most important. Oh, I'm sure like that for everyone. Yeah. Um, so then they're like, okay, well, like, I would like to give you my like seal of approval when you like apply on your own merit kind of thing. Got it. Um, but so that had already happened, um, before I got hurt. Um, so you know, all I could, and crazily, my college coach, within a month of me tearing my ACL, tore her ACL. Ooh. Um, so she was, like, really empathetic to what I was going through athletically, and then yeah. academically, I just had to keep my grades up. Yeah. Which I only did for a few more months, because then I stopped going to high school my last semester. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, I went into the guidance counselor, I was like, I fucking hate it here, dude, and she was like, okay, well, because you double enrolled in English, you can, like, I can give you your diploma now. Oh shit! You can do like an internship, and like come to come to school on Fridays to talk about your like internship with like a with like a intern program teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like walk at graduation, and I was like, okay, I'll do that one. Yeah. So I interned for the Fish and Wildlife the, uh, Department, which was fun. 
Oh, wow. I didn't realize you didn't do the last semester, but I get it because I also hate, like, if I could have done that, I would have left that school <laughs> a semester early. <laughs> but, like, you didn't enjoy high school? I'm like, no, no, I did not. No. That's why I play soccer so much. <laughs> yeah. That, why do you think I got into horses? Like, I had to, like, separate myself from people. To any LS alumni listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, but you can go F yourself. <laughs> I'll probably take that back later, but like, who cares? Do you, you don't keep, do you keep up with anybody that you played soccer with in high school? Um, in high school. Interesting. Um, I, in general, I'm awful at keeping up with people, but I feel like high school, maybe a, a little less so. Yeah. Um, and you know, club team, that was also, it was still like 10 years ago or, or whatever yeah. it was, but I feel like there, there are people that I'm like friendly with, um, or like if I saw them, I would be so happy to see them. Yeah. But you're um, not like actively from pers- like high yeah. school, my club team. My, and then like, I have active relationships with people from my college team, but I still don't like see people as much as I would like. Yeah. Like being a comic, it's like you work at night, they work during the day, even if you're in the same city, it's like so hard to yeah. keep up a, a relationship. But and then I'm friends with people from after college. I played for Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, yeah. Like every now and then I'll like reach out to my friends from that team and you know, see how they're doing and Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's it was a nice way to make friends. Yeah. Yeah. So I should have asked this before when we were talking about your ACL injury. Did you do that during a soccer thing or? Yeah, I got nailed. Okay. I, I got nailed by soccer. Yeah, it was a bummer. That girl must feel bad. I I hope so. <laughs> Not like to this day, but like I, I hope she felt bad when it happened. <laughs> And sports injuries are like not enjoyable. I broke my neck in college on my equestrian team. It was not oh, fun. Was it? How did that happen? I got thrown into a wall. Whoa. Yeah, and then I waited three days to go to the hospital. Oh yeah. Um, my brother who had a similar kind of like recruiting experience to you, where like he just did springboard diving for uh ivy league university so they can't give you like scholarship it's kind of similar to, to division three in the sense that like they can't give you scholarships they can't right, right. make you sign on the dotted line yeah. um he had an injury where he broke his foot on a diving board and it's just like those kind of injuries like any sports related injuries really suck because then you can't do what you love doing for like yeah. i don't know a semester and then you come back and it yeah it, it takes a while to it like, time, yeah. 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 Okay. So you played soccer in college at Amherst, right? You're, and did your brother play at Amherst too? Yeah. And he, okay. he ended up winning a national championship. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Not jealous, not jealous at all. <laughs> I feel like there are like strong soccer bloodlines in your family. There really are. My, so I guess how it started when like when my parents first started playing I feel like soccer was just becoming a thing in the United States yeah and I still don't think that soccer has it definitely has a bigger fan base now than it did when we were growing up in the 90s yeah but I feel like it's still not even comparable to like football or baseball in this country yeah yeah I would agree and then you mentioned that you got recruited for the Puerto Puerto Rico's team right yeah, I went to I went to um, college with uh, 
with a kid who was on the men's team who was the goalie for I think the full Puerto Rican national team for the men um and he overheard me and me and a friend talking about the fact that my grandfather was from Puerto Rico and he like sent my name to them because they were about to start recruiting for the under 20 under 20 national team um so I got the call and they were like do you want to come it was like over winter break they were like you want to come try out for the team I was like absolutely oh my gosh um and I'd never been to Puerto Rico before and I'd always wanted to go um you know I'd heard so many stories about Puerto Rico from my grandfather um and I I had like tried so like I had worked so hard to learn Spanish yeah Um, that was so that was my first time going somewhere that like to actually speak Spanish out in the world (laughs) oh and it was like really nerve-wracking and I did okay (laughs) you mean in the Spanish speaking or yeah yeah Yeah. okay the soccer I did well I made the I made the team (laughs) yeah you made the team but you were like hola como estas I was was like further along than that because I was I was majoring in in Spanish in college um but it was almost like I could read and write better than I could talk and listen. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I was like fine with my Spanish. Uh, yeah. The first time that I played for the under 20 team, we, I made the team, we went to Cuba where the tournament was. Oh, very cool. Um, we did not pass through the kind of group stage that mm-hmm. we were in, but it was an amazing experience. And um, like, I just like, we stayed in the team house together for the yeah. whole like month long process, which was so cool um and yeah it was just a really amazing experience and then after school I went back and tried out for the full national team and was lucky enough to be selected and my Spanish was much better Ah. (laughs) they were like look at you I was like thank you I've been working on it (laughs) so the the under 20 team was that just like over like the summer or break or did you have to take time off from school for that it was it was just over winter break okay um, so because there's like we had a really long winter break at, at school it totally worked out it yeah it's nice um, if we had won then I think I would have had to miss um mm-hmm. I would have had to miss school to play but we we didn't get past the group stage that time and then you said you went back down after you graduated how long were you down there for um also I remember as being all summer like I I moved home after college and was kind of like back with my parents, no like job on the horizon, like wanting to move to New York to do comedy. Right. Um, But kind of, you know, no like drive. Sure. It's scary to be like, well, (laughs) I have an English and Spanish degree. Who who wants me, baby? (laughs) What can I do with these? Uh, and then I got called to, to try out for the team again yeah. it was, um, for world cup qualifiers. Okay. And so I went and I got selected for the team and we were training, um, you know, saw a lot of my old friends, which was, which was great. At yeah. this point, a lot of my teammates had had more like international appearances than any Puerto Rican uh, women's players before. Oh, there's such big turnover. Um, yeah. Like they're not paid really by the federation mm-hmm. where it costs money to do. I mean, it's kind of like you hear the same critiques about comedy. It's like, you kind of have to pay money to do it. Yeah. Not directly. Like you didn't have to pay players fees or anything, but right. I mean, you got to pay gas to drive across 
the island of Puerto Rico to get Which a big there. island, yeah. <laughs> um, or like, you know, just like like equipment and equipment and you know, training on your own outside of team time. Because yeah. the other thing is is that there's such limited resources put into the women's side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so strange to me yeah yeah. that people in general in sports I think hold like male-based sports still to like a higher standard and a higher pay grade like I saw something somebody post on Facebook the other day comparing LeBron James to some woman in the WNBA who has like the same exact statistics right and like her pay is in the six digits where his is like you know, millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, it can be discouraging. I'm like really proud to have shared the field with my Puerto Rico teammates. They, they've like met and written letters to the Federation. Um, They did this piece of activism after I was not on the team anymore, which was they pretty much the players um, set up an international friendly with Argentina. Oh, um, in Puerto Rico. And it was like the most people that had ever come to, um, a women's game I think yeah either either a soccer game or specifically a women's soccer game um and for the opening play of the game um they had whoever had the kickoff just kick the ball out of bounds and all the Puerto Rico teammates lined up in the middle of the field and was like are you listening to us now um wow and that was that's like very cool yeah I'd never really seen like I don't there's obviously a long history of activism in sports for things unrelated to the sport right um which you know I you know when people say stick to sports it's like it's never been it's never been the case like like people athletes have always you know taken their taken their space to stand up for things they believe in so like it's like when people tell comedians to stay in their lane and, and, you know, Jim Gaffigan like came out and went on like some yeah. political rant and people are yeah. like, stick to hot pockets. And he's like, fuck off. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so obviously sports has traditionally been a place where athletes stand up for things they believe in. Um, but it was interesting to see an activism about the sport itself. Yeah, like, you're not giving us our due time. Um, yeah, so that was cool, and that was after that was after my time. But I was very inspired by it. Um, but so so basically, I'm not sure how it is right now. But it used to be that the team would only really train when there was a tournament coming, which to a degree is the norm. Right, play for their clubs and make money. Yeah, for their clubs. Um, uh, like internationally speaking. Sure. But it was also like really not a the players felt that they weren't getting um enough um, yeah so uh, so i when i went it was just like a few months before the tournament to like Ooh. try out for the team and then train and like get everything get everyone on the same page yeah um but so so yeah i was there for the summer and then we we did not again advance past the group uh stage within the well so there was a couple stages to get where we were we didn't make it to the next um to the next Next. out of out of the caribbean yeah um for world cup qualifiers but i mean that still has to be like a very exciting experience as someone who had like played for so long right like they play the like fifa theme song when you walk out on the field like yeah in the national anthem um and then you know 
standing there like with my teammates wearing the like shirt and and singing the anthem and like holding the flag for the pregame photo like yeah the, the ceremony of it is is very is very cool and um something that will always be special to me yeah and, and your parents your yeah sorry I was gonna say your parents must have been like very excited about that right yeah. So um, let's see, that year the tournament was in uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. Um, and my dad surprised me and came to Trinidad. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and so that was very cool. And he is not, um, he is not Puerto Rican. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it was very funny, like. <laughs> so does he know Spanish? Like, to, no. Or, no, okay. No. Uh, <laughs> and um, so he showed up and he was like looking for my team. He, I think he had found like uh, some of the staff associated with our team and like, I mean, most everyone uh, spoke English as well. Yeah. Um, but my teammates saw him before I did and they all looked at me and they're like, that's definitely your dad. <laughs> I mean, I do look like my dad, but it was like very cut and dry that this was like my dad. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. That was like such a lovely surprise. Um, and my partner came too. Oh, wow. That's fine. Do you get performance anxiety when like you know people you know are there watching? No. No? Okay. Um, definitely way more for comedy than that's than that's interesting because like when people I know come to comedy shows, I'm like, okay, whatever. But when <laughs> I do like horse shows, I'd be like, my parents showed up. Like, they never come to these things. They don't even know what a horse is. Like, how am I going to explain to them what canter versus trot is? This is too much. And then, of course, the horse can tell that you're nervous. Yes. That's the only issue when you horseback ride is that you have another, like, being that's, yeah. like, feeling your stress. So, be like, Dad, you have, like, I, I appreciate it, but you've got to leave. <laughs> or I don't think I would do that, but I would just be like, uh, let's pretend that they're not here like yeah, the, yeah you know yeah. <laughs> yeah and then so so then the um I came here I'm, I moved to New York after that tournament um and then and did you give up not give up but like did you stop doing soccer when you moved to New York or do you still do it I so at that point I stopped doing soccer but I was working out at like a, a high level okay um and started doing comedy and then um I was living in in this just like crazy sublet situation what I'm just picturing you like renting somebody's closet in Brooklyn or something it was it was very very small um like you it was a a, a twin bed okay yep because that was all you could fit yep um and there was like mice everywhere oh and one night I woke up and I like grabbed something on my back in my sleep and I like woke up and turned on the lights and there was like the biggest cockroach I ever no. seen. I had just like clawed to death it, like, oh. still asleep <laughs> and oh no the guys were like yeah our like our cat it, like escaped through the walls and I was like what okay and then I like saw something under the stove and I was like, there's like, a very large um, pile of fur. 
Oh no. Under the stove. I just thought I'd bring that to your guys' attention. And they were like, oh yeah, we'll take a look. We'll take a look. And I was like, I gotta get out of here because that's definitely the cat. <laughs> oh my God. So so I got out. My my partner was um my like my teaching job was not happening because it was summer. Okay. Um the beginning of summer. Um and my partner was in was working in Brazil. Okay. So I told the guys that I was leaving. I took like June's rent or whatever it was and used it to fly to Brazil. <laughs> oh my God. You're like, Brazil is better than this. <laughs> yeah. Stayed with Chelsea for like three weeks, which is amazing. Like, we yeah. Cool places. We saw some soccer, of course. Ah. Electrifying experience to see. It's- a, it was like, um, it was a club match in in uh, at Maracanã, which is like this like fame stadium. We went to a soccer museum while we were there too. Very cool. Um, so cool, and just it was a cl- club match, and I think both the clubs were local, so the whole stadium was just like filled, and it's just like how you see it on TV, like just like applause after every nice pass, yeah, yeah, like after every tackle and uproar, and like the goals, the goals, you know, it was just. Well, it has to be like a totally different experience to see soccer in a country where they like actually, you know, actively watch soccer. Totally. Totally. It was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, it was very cool. It was very special. I feel grateful to have had that like experience. Um, Yeah. It was so cool. So then I was, while I was there, got contacted by, um, the Puerto Rican team again okay to come back and try out for the Olympic team oh wow um so I came back again was fortunate enough to be picked for the squad so happy to see my um like teammates again and I was fitter than the last time I had gone Ah. right after college that like senior like second semester of college I like wasn't really working out anymore because I was like I'm like are there gonna be more soccer opportunities for me I was like writing a musical. I was, I was falling in love. Like I just didn't have time to exercise. <laughs> like I'm so busy. This goes on the I back went That year I had to like work to get back in shape, but this yeah. showed up in shape and everything. Yeah. Whoa. And I was like, I know. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I made the team and we um, got to play at home. Oh, that must've been a fun experience. Yeah. We got to host the tournament, which was amazing um and my family got to come oh very nice so my mom my my dad came again my mom was able to come her brother was able to come and my grandfather was able oh to come. wow that's and awesome he hadn't, he hadn't been back to Puerto Rico in like a long time wow um you know he's like come back throughout his life periodically but it had been a while yeah um so it felt really special to like be there with him and and to have them watching and we did so well we did so well um you know there's a lot of games that I feel like like were blowouts because we were a a better you know resource team than than the other countries sure um but also we had worked really hard yeah so we had some blowouts and then we were playing against uh Haiti okay um usually had in the past had kind of like thrashed us maybe not like a nine zero game but like a four zero okay okay thrashing um and and we won that game oh wow yeah it went um so we got to go through 
to uh, CONCACAF to play, okay. to, to like qualify for the Olympics which would have been the next step. Yeah. Um, so then at that point, unfortunately, I got cut from the team. Uh... They, they sent us home to rest. They, oh, sorry. There was going to be one more kind of like two game tournament, I think in Trinidad again. Mm-hmm. And right before that, I got cut from the team. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just brutal. <laughs> yeah. That's so like you, it sounds like you went really far and then like right before yeah. basically qualifying, you right. got the boot. I got the boot. And then did that team qualify? And so that team played in that quick uh, tournament and qualified for CONCACAF and their group was so difficult they played against the United States. <laughs> oh, uh, I think Mexico and Costa Rica. Okay. Um, but it was like a monumental step. Like that was a like huge, like history making step for the team. Like I was yeah. so proud of my teammates. Like they, they did so well. Um, like when you, when you have a, a program that's still evolving, mm-hmm. um, appearances are important. Like, I feel like even a few years ago, like the Trinidad women's team was in that position and now they're like, you know, um, really contenders within CONCACAF. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and Jamaica too. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, even if you, if, even if you go and, and, and you don't, um, you're like out, just so outmatched by the other team, it really just, just being there, like helps your program further along. Yeah. Um, and so it's like really cool to see that my teammates are staying committed to playing for for the national team even though um it's like a lot of giving (laughs) yeah like you're not so is the goal on playing on a national team to i mean obviously you're representing your home country but like do people play on a national team to try to get into like a professional player role or not so much Um, i think the you'd probably be a, a, like a pro I guess it depends on what country you're talking about okay because if you if you become a star in, in your own country where there's no professional women's league and you do well enough that you're on a global stage maybe you could get recruited to go play in Spain or right or England or the US yeah but like in the United States for example there are like many professional players but from mm-hmm. there the like national pool is very small it's very so, small yeah so I would say like you know, pride, pride and honor is like the big, yeah, the, the yeah. Big reason. Although, as you can see, like the the women's national team does make money from that. Not not yeah. just the sponsorships that come with being on that big stage, but like they make money, and that's why they had that. Um, but not enough, which is why right. a lawsuit that has yes. had you know disappointing results. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think that your like any aspect of your comedy flowed over into like how you were like a member of, of any of these teams or like, or vice versa? Like, do you think your hard work in, in soccer has helped you with comedy at all? That's a good question. Um, I, I think it's definitely like given me ma- like material. Like I talk about, yeah, you talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, I do think the, the hard work aspect was there. Like, um, and kind of something that was, you know, ingrained in me, it was like, from my parents was like, if you want to do soccer to the level that you're doing it, you do still have to keep up your grades. Right. Um, 
So they, what they would say, which was kind of a gift because I didn't have many friends anyway, but they would say that like practice is your social time. <laughs> practice is your social time. That's so like, and this sounds bad, but that's like such, such a Sudbury parent thing to yeah. say. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels very suburban. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, your planned activity uh, that you're getting a carpool to is your uh, friendship interaction for the day. Um, but it, but it, one, I was grateful for it because I really do think the majority of my friendships were kind of on-field friendships um, yeah. at that point in my life. So I think it, they took away a big burden of being like, I don't have any friends. <laughs> Well, cause like you're kind of for not forced, but like you're around these people at practice all the time. You have something in common. So you're kind yeah. of like, it's a built-in friendship in a way. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. like a lot of inherent bonding set up. And yeah. so I feel like thinking of like, I'm doing this thing that I'm passionate about around people that I like. Yeah. Like that is, that was like a lifestyle that was kind of ingrained into me. Yeah. And so I think for comedy, it's the same thing. It's like, I'm doing this thing that I'm passionate about around people that I like yeah um, you know for the most part <laughs> there are some divas I'm and sure in both uh, criminals oh criminals <laughs> yeah there are yep I know a few of those yes um but uh so so yeah I feel like it's like you know maybe maybe I don't feel like going to like four mics on a Thursday or whatever but I'm yeah. going to because it's something that I'm passionate about and I'm gonna be around people that I like and that's my lifestyle yeah so I do feel like there was some there was some carry over there yeah definitely there's definitely not enough room for both like I I do I've played on this soccer team like a, a couple of times like every once and again but there is not enough time in the day to pursue stand-up comedy and <laughs> work out well, I have to Am say, I excuses for myself. No, 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 because I find it so comical. Um, I don't know if you've seen this with your group of comedian friends, but I have a handful of comic friends who are like, I've lost 75 pounds during quarantine. And I'm like, that's because you're not eating chips at Mike's six days a week and you have time to work out. Yeah. <laughs> one uh, one girl posted she's like I have visible abs now I was like okay well your Muppet jokes aren't landing okay <laughs> it is it, when you do it's it's true though when you do comedy it's like everything else if that's what you want to focus on and I'm sure it would happen too if you were doing just soccer you right. would have a hard time finding space to do comedy at the right. level that you want to do it right yeah. yeah yeah so it was kind of a nice it was a nice kind of overlapping slow transition yeah from uh, one career to another to another yeah <laughs> Kate it's been so nice talking to you where can uh our listeners find you oh yeah um you can find me at um on Twitter and Instagram at uh the Kate Sisk and I have a the in front of my name not because I'm an asshole and I'm like yes it's me the Kate Sisk me. <laughs> um it's because there was a lady on Married at First Sight whose name is Kate yes Sisk. she has a lot of the handles so because uh. <laughs> I was like trying to find I mean I, I follow you on social media but like I think I put your name in recently and I was like who is this verified account like wow Kate's doing really well 
I was like, that NBC Writers Workshop got her like a verified account. And, and it got me like, um, a lingerie line, I think, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a husband. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is not her. <laughs> right. So the Kate Sisk. Yeah, on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. Kate, it's been so nice talking to you. Thank you so um, much for having me. Yeah, I learned. I feel like I learned a lot about soccer, and it's. I, know, I feel like I didn't learn enough about about. Ah, uh, it's fine. Another- That's why I do this. I like to learn about <laughs> other people. It's the only part of comedy where I learn about other people because we mostly just talk about ourselves on stage, you know? You get better and better at talking about yourself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, you've been listening to another episode of The Gimme. Um, You can find us on wherever you found us, but most likely Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple. Uh, Please don't forget to rate and review and follow us on Instagram. Bye.